0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. On this Monday, after Week Six, a lot to talk about. This episode is where we talk about everything that happened on Sunday, everything that is going to affect your fantasy team going into Week Seven. So we're reviewing everything from Week Six. We're going to review, uh, preview tonight's Monday Night Football game. Zach, what's up? I'm Farasidiki, by the way. This is Zach Rizzuto. Zach, how's it going, man? How you feeling on this Monday?
2: Not as good as other Mondays. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I got my fantasy teams losing. I got my Cowboys losing. Um, could be going better, to say the least. I still have an outside shot at winning tonight, but I, I need a lot of stuff to go right um, for me. Can you week.
0: explain? So, so obviously, you know, if you listened to the podcast last week, you know that Zach and I are going against each other in, in one of our leagues. The league is called The Only League That Matters. And, Zach, can you please explain what you need tonight in order for you to pull off the victory,
2: so it's looking like I'm going to need what? What is 39? Pretty much 40 plus 16, 56 ish combined points. Yeah, just about 56 combined points between Justin Herbert and Cortland Sutton. You know, light work. That's all I need to win. <laughs> light work, light work. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. I think,
0: I, I think you have a ch- you have a chance, dude. You
2: yeah, chance. yeah. You're just saying that <laughs> in hopes that you can jinx it. I'm sure. <laughs>
0: no, you know what it is? Like, uh, I was looking at this, these matchups, and, um, you know, I, I like Corland Sutton a lot tonight. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we're going to get into that. A uh, little bit of a tough matchup with Justin Herbert, but it's Justin Herbert, right? Like, you never know when he's just going to go off, right? He hasn't and, had and that game
2: yet, which is what I'm kind of crossing my fingers for, you know? See, that's not what I wanted to hear. I didn't <laughs> want to hear that.
0: because uh, Because, yeah, no, you're right, though. It's like, you know, part of the reason why you know I, I did rank Geno Smith above Justin Herbert, that's not looking good so good right now. <laughs> you know, Geno Smith not throwing any touchdowns in the in that game. That whole game was just very interesting, but we'll get into yeah. all that. Um, but but yeah, man. I, you know, listen, I started zero three in that league, but I'm making my way to five hundred, feeling good. I'm feeling good, but and I have guys banged up, man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I'm feeling, I'm feeling all right. I did remind you, Stevenson, definitely helped me out uh you know drafting him in a couple leagues definitely helped me out in those uh hopefully he'll be able to help me out again next monday night i, I think the patriots are playing the broncos no not the broncos who are they playing they're playing some some not the so patriots. oh the bears on monday yeah, the night, bears which is a, which doesn't seem like a fun game to watch unless reminder <laughs> steven's tearing it up then it'll be fun for me but otherwise not really
2: how did they um, end up with those games in the primetime slots like dude, it makes no sense
0: well you know what Maybe the NFL thought that Justin Justin Fields was going to be, you know, maybe taking a step forward, you know.
2: Yeah. You
0: know, I don't know,
2: man. This maybe lot, they're just getting lot. those, you know, crappy primetime games out of the way. You know how they say like every team gets some sort of primetime game. Get the early – get them out of the way early in the season when it doesn't matter. You know, later on we'll have the consequential games. That might be it. I'm,
0: all, I'm also feeling kind of good about uh, – I'm going to say my Jets now. Like now that they're 4-2, I'm going <laughs> to call them my Jets. Um, they look pretty good, man. Uh, you know uh, – it's funny. After going zero and two, Robert Sala was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm keeping all the receipts," and it was kind of ballsy of him to kind of come out in the media like that because it could have backfired, and yeah. and and the New York media is ruthless, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. And, and he put it on the line, and now the Jets are four and two, and you know they beat the Packers. Now they're third in the AFC in record, which is insane. Uh, They're right behind the one game behind the Bills in the division. There's no way they can win that. Uh, But you know, it's 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 crazy. You know, it's I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. You know, this isn't something that I expect the Jets to you know continue doing. But you know, their defense is really um, looking solid, and you know, Quinn and Williams are looking like a beast. You know, Sauce Gardner. You mm-hmm. know, this the dude is is something else. Like he's a personality for sure. Right. Him after the game wearing the cheese head in, in Lambeau, like <laughs> it's, yeah. it's uh, you know, he's an interesting character, but he's been killing it. You know, he's the favorite right now for defensive rookie of the year, uh, if you're trying to bet on that. Um, so so that's that's awesome. And Brees Hall on the other side is the favorite for offensive rookie for the of the year. So the Jets are doing pretty well uh with their first couple of uh draft picks this year. Gary Wilson, you know, waiting for him to kind of do his thing, but we'll get there. All right. (laughs) Anyway, you know, we want to talk about, you know, the the overall fantasy takeaways and developments uh, so you can make the best decisions coming out of week six, going into week seven. I do want to preview tonight's game. We got the Broncos at the Chargers. Uh, Russ has been bad this year, uh, but I think he bounces back against this Chargers secondary. They're giving up 250 passing yards a game. They giving up two touchdowns a game. You know, we Wilson was a little bit banged up, right? Um, mm-hmm. coming out of last week's game. But, you know, he did practice in full. You know, he he was doing okay. Um, so you know, I, I think I think Russell Wilson has a chance to bounce back. I thought he would do okay last week, uh, but that 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 game was just terrible. Um, hoping that he could bounce back this week. I can't imagine him, you know, two two primetime games in a row shit in the bed right Right. now i i do want to look at what's going on over at underdog for tonight's game um right now we have russell wilson you know at 232.5 passing yards i'm looking at it uh, you know i'm sharing my my screen over at over on youtube but uh, you know i think he he goes over that man i think he passes for higher than 232.5 passing yards he did it three times this year um including last week right even in a bad in bad game this this is a plus matchup for him you know all his receivers are healthy i think i'm going to add wilson here uh to my hire so i got one entry uh, i got one in there right now in my entry um, melvin gordon i like his line of 73 and a half rushing and receiving yards so that's scrimmage yards you know he's a little bit banged up right hoping he can play if he does suit up though i think he can end up going over this number um, mm-hmm. they've given up the sixth most rushing yards to running backs. Uh, char- the chargers have they've given up the most yards per carry, the twelfth most receiving yards to running backs this year. And last week, Gordon ran around on nearly fifty percent of Wilson's dropbacks. So I can see him getting a couple targets too in this game. Um Preciser, you know, who we're using as our prediction and analytics tool, you know, Gordon's they're projecting Gordon to be at ninety three scrimmage yards for tonight so that, that, that gives me a little bit of confidence too. So I'm gonna also add h- him in here as well. So that makes two so far. Courtland Sutton, the receiving yard pick him here is 67 and a half. Um he went over let's see where's Sutton here. Yes oh 60 it, it went up it went up 68 yeah. and a half now uh <laughs> he he went over that in, in every game this year except one so, you know, Denver has given up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter. I'm sorry, the Chargers have given up the eighth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers this year. And I think Sutton does his thing tonight. You know, so I'm going to add him in here as well. What do you think of the picks so far? Do you think the Melvin Gordon was a little risky?
2: Yeah, if, of all of them, Melvin Gordon is the one that I'm a little iffy on. It, it could end up being, you know, a heavy passing game. And then maybe Melvin Gordon gets favored in the passing attack. You know, just a couple of dump offs. You could get there. But um, I, I actually, you know we've been saying that these could be high scoring games with the broncos and they haven't been but i think tonight <laughs> i think tonight is kind of you know where everything lines up we might have an actual shootout tonight hopefully you know it doesn't look like last week's debacle on thursday night that had the broncos
0: yeah no i i, I hear that man um so so let's see so now if if okay so so what do we have we have gordon here we have sutton here now if i just left it like this um you know this these three entry these three pickums in this entry would end up six xing whatever i put in right so like 50 dollars would turn into 300 here right but let's keep going um i'm looking at jerry judy's line here at 53 and a half receiving yards i think i'm going to stay away from this one personally like he's been up and down this year he, he literally had exactly 53 rushing yards i'm sorry receiving yards each of the last two weeks um so we got kj hamler eric sarber let's move on to the Chargers. This is a tough matchup like I said for the Chargers passing game. Uh Denver has allowed the fifth least passing yards per game at 204 passing yards per game, but it's hard for me to bet against Justin Herbert, right? Like his this over under for him is at 266.5 passing yards. I'm going to leave it alone personally. <laughs> if you want to add it into yours you can. Uh you can also choose an over under on of two passing touchdowns. You can choose an over under of you know, 0.5 interceptions, whether he throws a pick tonight or not. Um, 35 and a half passing attempts over under on that. I'm going to leave all these alone personally. Um, is there anything that stands out to you?
2: I, I like the Justin Herbert over on the yardage. If, if you do, you know, you're not going to be, if, if you're going to be iffy on it, if, if you wouldn't take I mean, I totally would. You know, I look at it. What's the number? You said he's 266. He's reached that. Yep. Yeah. Every week except last week, you know, where Austin Ackler was just going off. He's reached that. Um relatively safely. You know, the closest he's come to missing it was 279 yards in week one. Um, Outside of that, it's been 297 plus yards in the other three games where he went over that uh, prop right there. So even though it is Denver, you know, I think this is a divisional game. And like I said, if there's going to be offense, which I sincerely hope there will be, you know, Justin Herbert's going to have a problem <laughs> getting to that point.
0: Okay. Okay. I, I like that. So now, you know, this brings up a point. Now, Zach, Zach likes it. I'm a little iffy on it. We could potentially add him in and then turn on insurance, right? If you turn right. on insurance, you know, you end up, you know, reducing the payout just a little bit, but you have the ability to get one of these wrong. So if Justin Herbert ends up going lower, I can still win. You know, I can still get my 6X in instead of my 10X that I would get with these four picks, right? Um, so $50 would turn into $500 without insurance here. And the four picks will turn into $300 if I just turn on insurance, you know, with one wrong, which isn't bad. <laughs> it's still a yeah. pretty good return. That's still a 6x return right now, right there. Um, I, I like Austin Eckler's as well, man. Um, You know, Denver has actually given up almost 100 y- rushing yards to running backs on the ground uh, on average. Um, They've given up the second most yards per carry to running backs, too. And, you know, since we know that he's kind of prolific in the receiving game just a little bit, I, I kind of like the higher on his scrimmage yards of 102.5. Um, you know, and he's gone over that obviously over the past couple of weeks. So I think I'm going to add that to this entry as well. Um, so, so there's a lot of hires here, yeah. but you know, this 50 bucks, if I get all of these right, it would turn into a thousand dollars. It would be a 20 extra turn. If I turn on insurance here, which allows me to get one of these wrong, it'll turn into $500. Um, so not bad. Um, so looking over at the Mike Williams one, 70 and a half receiving yards is the, is the over-under. He's been getting it done over the past couple of weeks, but this is a little bit of a tough matchup, right? I might leave this one alone, um, you know, because we've seen him go up and down. This could be one of those down weeks just because of the tough matchup. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave that one alone. So, yeah, like, you know, these are the ones that I, I would probably go with here. Maybe, you know, if, if I'm feeling risky, I might not turn on insurance, but I, I hmm. if I want to try to, you know, do my best to secure a bag for tonight. I might just t- turn it on and I can still win some money. Um, so yeah, now if you use the code upper hand on underdog fantasy, you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. And if you like any of these other pickems, I, I suggest you go for it. Um, these are the ones that I like. And one of them that Zach, Zach likes for tonight. Yeah. Uh, but like I mentioned, there are plenty to choose from. So you can use the code upper hand on underdog. You can find the link in the description of the podcast or on YouTube. Um, so yeah. Just wanted to kind of talk about that real quick before we get into the preview. I'm sorry, the reviews, uh, the review of Sunday. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now, Marquise Brown, dude. Marquise Brown, you know, he was helped off the field uh, with either a foot sprain or an ankle sprain. You know, these are the two possible injuries that you know these injury experts are labeling this as he did have negative x-rays uh but it seems like the mri will likely reveal something we don't necessarily want to hear um you know i think him being helped off the field like he was like can't be great like he could he could hardly put pressure on that foot Mm -hmm. um which wasn't good and you know i i would i'm not a doctor i have no idea what, what happened here but i'd expect to be without hollywood for a little bit Um, We'll obviously get more details on the injury hopefully today. Um, But, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he's set to be back this Thursday. Cliff Kingsbury says that, you know, hopefully he'll be able to play. But I would assume – and apparently he's in phenomenal shape. So I'm I'm assuming that he's going to (laughs) play, especially with Hollywood out. Um, So if, if Marquise Brown is out for you, I think you have more targets available for a guy like Rondell Moore. Uh, yeah. So I think he would benefit in terms of getting more targets while Hollywood is out. I know we were talking about this last week. You know, when Hopkins does come back, you know, these targets are going to be have to have to be split between you know Hopkins, Hollywood, Ertz, Rondell Moore. So Moore could have got the shit end of the stick here, uh, but now that Hollywood might be out for a little bit, we don't know how long. Yeah, he could he could benefit uh, with some extra targets.
2: And we actually saw a little bit of the extra targets, you know, of the extra targets going Rondell Moore's way yesterday. You know, if, if you watch the game a little bit, you know, it seems like Rondell Moore was all, Rondo Moore was always getting the ball thrown his way. He finished with a respectable stat line. You know, what was it? Almost 11 points, 10.9 I'm looking at right now. Yeah. Six catches, 49 yards. Like, that's fine, I think, for right now. With Marquise Brown out, you know, Rondell Moore, I think, has a chance to kind of slide right into a Marquise Brown role, um, or at least the role Marquise Brown would have played when DeAndre Hopkins was coming back. You know, obviously, um, you're feeling a little sour. We talked about Marquise Brown maybe being a bye. Uh, last week on the pod so um you know you can't really project injuries and that sucks so that, that that's a little bit tough but um I, I like deandre hopkins coming back i think that he's going to be in a good spot uh moving forward the fantasy gods giveth deandre hopkins they taketh away marquise brown <laughs> so we'll see how um that goes I, I i like both deandre hopkins and rondo more moving forward it's too bad we're not going to see the full complement um of the Cardinals pass catchers on the field with Kyler Murray, especially with the offense looking the way it has, you know, they haven't been very dynamic and it seems like at times Kyler Murray's struggling, um, having all those weapons would have helped, but, um, it might, it might be a few weeks. Uh, hopefully this isn't anything serious, but I think you're right on the money when you say that, you know, Marquise Brown, we might be looking at a couple of weeks without him.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, Rondell Moore, like you said, like 26% target share, uh, same, same as Marquise Brown, same as Zach Ertz. So, you know, w- without, Hollywood in the lineup, I would assume that he sees you know higher than a twenty percent target share. His targets won't be as downfield as Marquise Brown was. Browns were, but this is a very basic type of offense, and you know he he's you know I wouldn't worry about that. um He's going to get a lot of his targets in short to intermediate. That's okay as long as you play in a PPR league, he would be preferred. Yeah. Now this whole game, this Seahawks Cardinals game was not the highest scoring game that was advertised, right? Yeah. The Cardinals are terrible, dude. Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> is just like he just gets on my nerves now. Like he's like I was all all, all over Pete Carroll before, you know. But Pete Carroll wasn't like the, the designer of the offense in this case. Like Cliff Kingsbury is like the designer of the offense, and like he ha- he has to do something. He has to go. Like it's bad. Yeah. And I don't. I personally don't put the blame on Calibari. You know, he he hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked great. But. I don't put this on him. Like the offense is designed like in such a basic way that it's easy for defenses to kind of know what they're going to do, you know? Right. Um, but, but the, lo- looking at their backfield, you know, Benjamin, he was on the field for 87% of snaps. He got 17 opportunities. Uh, it only amounted to nine and a half fantasy points. Um, but if James Connor ends up being out again this Thursday, I'd start Eno again as an r b two. I wouldn't get discouraged with the lack of fantasy points because the usage is what you want to see. It just yeah. didn't turn into fantasy points this week. Um, he got all the goal line work too. So he'll likely be a high end r b two start for me, honestly once again on Thursday night. um you know, if Connor misses again against the Saints
2: and you know that's a weird thing because you say like this type of workload and going into this matchup, we thought if, you know Benjamin got this kind of workload, he'd really be a really nice piece for your team. Um, this week, but you it, it, like you said, he got the workload. It didn't translate to fantasy points, but I don't really hold it against him. Like you said, because that usage is there. The game overall was like super weird. We thought this was going to be like one of the highest scoring games, one of the most offensive centric games, fantasy conducive, and nobody produced in that game outside of really Kenneth Walker. Um, everybody else underperformed. I'm not worried about, you know, Benjamin, you know, as long as James Conner is out. If James Conner comes back, then yeah, I, I would, you know, think about maybe not having, you know, Benjamin in my lineup. But uh, are the Cardinals on a short week? They're playing Thursday? Yeah. Yeah. So there's probably a good chance that James Conner will miss Thursday. They'll give him the full time to rest until they play in week eight. Or do they have a bye? I'm not sure. It'll be a long rest for James Conner. He'll likely be back, if not this week, the next week. Um, But, you know, Benjamin, could be a nice play for you on Thursday night. Definitely.
0: I think so. Uh, It's the Saints, but I would still play him. Um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't overthink it on this one. He eighty-seven percent snap share. That doesn't. That usually leads to fantasy points. Right. But Kenneth Walker, man, does he look like the real deal or what?
2: Yeah. Like he, he looks looked, good, man. He looks like Rashad Penny on steroids. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> not not that not size wise, but the way that he runs, you know, it's just awesome. And even he had a couple uh, negative runs. If you watch the game, like he had a couple of bad runs, and he still showed out with a nice, um, you know, fancy finish. He had. Two, I think it was two burst plays that really he just went down the field. The big playability, we saw it right there. He actually got a little passing work too, which is nice. Um, clearly they handed the keys to Kenneth Walker. I was wondering maybe if they'd have any of the complimentary backs in, they didn't. So it's all signs are pointing up for Kenneth Walker. And like we said, he was going to be a league winner. It looks like that's the way it's going to be moving forward.
0: And, and this is this is what I've been saying, right? Like in his yeah. first NFL start, he's showing these skills off and he does look like he is a special talent as a runner, yeah. right? 21 carries 97 yards and a touchdown. It could have been more, uh, 69%, you know, of snaps in a positive game script, 24 opportunities. He he has eight catches this year, <laughs> which is only five. And if, if he only gets five more catches on the year, it'll be more than what he had in his entire like 2021 season at yeah. Michigan state. Um, but if you drafted Kenneth Walker and you and you held him or you picked him up off of waivers, it looks like you got yourself a league-winning running back.
2: Yeah, 100%. And you look at Kenneth Walker, and the one thing that I know you noted, and I'm not sure I saw it in your notes, was that, and I agreed, was the balance that he has, you know, bouncing off tacklers and that kind of thing. Oh, that yeah. was the thing that really stood out to me. You know, he has the speed. You could say any running back has the speed and that kind of thing. But the way he's able to bounce off tacklers and just stay upright, you know, that's huge. It, it reminds me a little bit of um, what Damian Pierce is doing, you know, with the broken tackles, that kind of thing. Both of them have yep. very good balance, but Kenneth Walker, like you said, he looks like the real deal. That balance is what stood out to me too.
0: Contact balance, that stop and go, like the stop and go is legit, and, and his change of direction too. He 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 showed all of those skills in this game yesterday, and yeah. I was just so happy to see it because when I saw his tape in Michigan State, I'm just like, yo, this dude can be so good. I I hope it translates and seems like he seems like he's he just like took his first start and he's like all right that's it man I, i'm going to kill it now you know and i wouldn't be surprised if he ends up uh being the best overall runner uh out of this draft class and that's including including Breeze Hall yeah. um so so super encouraging to see that outside of walker though it was a down fantasy day for Geno Smith in the passing offense DK Metcalf Walker they weren't able to come through you know, these days are going to happen, right? Like, we can't expect them to just light it up every single week. Uh, but, you know, obviously keep starting those guys. Keep starting Gino. Um, you know, he didn't throw a pick. He didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those situations where the game that we were all expecting to go crazy just didn't end up going crazy. But continue to start your Seahawks.
1: Yeah. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports.
0: Falcons, 49ers, uh, that was a surprising outcome as well. Atlanta beating San Francisco 28-14. to Brandon Ayuk, you know, getting it done on everyone's benches. Yeah. Uh, eight catches, 83 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, shout out to you if you had Ayuk in your lineup. Uh, but this is the Ayuk that, you know, we were kind of hyping up for, right, in the preseason. Like, we know he has the talent. Um, you know, it, you just kind of need him to get those targets. Right. Mm-hmm. He was kind of hovering at like five, six targets a game. But when you give him 10 targets, he's gonna get it done for you. Um, he's he has after the catch ability, you know, he has route running ability, he has it all. But you know, this offense, you know, is not a pass first offense, unfortunately. Um no. now when they, they were forced to become a little pass heavy in this game, they didn't quite show the sense of urgency early enough. That's why they lost the game. But uh Ayuk got 10 targets, Kittle got 10 targets, uh I think all these guys got 10 targets. Debo Debo as well. Kittle finally came through on a negative game script. You know, 8 for 83 on 10 targets. I don't expect all these guys to get 10 targets every week because normally their defense comes through. The defense was pretty banged up coming into this game. Something I probably should have noted a little bit more, you know. um, But, you know, it's not like it it mattered (laughs) for these these, uh, Falcons pass catchers. Um, Marcus Mariota ended up having a huge fantasy day. Yep. Three total touchdowns, one of them on the ground. One of his passing touchdowns to Kyle Pitts. Huge day, huge day for Kyle Pitts. Three yeah. catches for 19 yards and a touchdown. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hope if, you can. I hope yeah. you can sense the sarcasm. I'm trying. Yeah, to no. You.
2: If, if you start Kyle Pitts, you're happy. <laughs> you know, you've had him most season. <laughs> you know, you got a touchdown. Uh, that was just. It's not anything fantastic. Certainly not. But you know, it's much better than what we've seen from him before. I don't know if you saw. Um, Steve's uh story on fantasy guides. He put that um I think my sleeper app is glitching. It's just Kyle Pitts got a touchdown. That was hilarious. I thought that was funny. But um yeah, you talk about what? Marcus Mariota. He had a good day, you know. It wasn't that it was a it wasn't a huge day, but it was like a near perfect performance, uh stat wise. You know, he was extremely efficient, thirteen and fourteen, only fourteen passes, thirteen completions, two touchdowns off of those, and a rushing touchdown. You know, that was that was one of the biggest surprise performances for me. Just um you know, Mariota against the 49ers defense, even though they're banked up, they are a good defense. Um, I actually picked up Desmond Ritter in the one league, hoping that maybe this would be um, a spot where we'd see Desmond Ritter maybe come in, you know, as a stash, but um, it doesn't look like that was the case. Uh, It looks like Mariota might have the starting job locked down a little bit longer than I anticipated.
0: Yeah. Uh, One good thing to note about these Falcons pass catchers, Pitts ran around on 82% of dropbacks. Drake London, despite him, not performing, you know, good call, by the way, by you on the bench recommendation there last week, Zach. Uh, But London did run a route on 100% of dropbacks, so some positivity there, where I think the week before it was only like 65%, 65%, uh, which wasn't great. So, like, at least these guys are running route when they're supposed to be running routes. That's what we want. Yeah. Um, Ramondre Stevenson came through as the overall RB2 on the week so far. 24 opportunities, 91 total yards, two touchdowns. 86% Eighty-six percent of snaps. That's what you want to see. This is probably like the first time I've ever seen Bill Belichick play a guy as a bell cow. Like you know, last yeah. week you know Stevenson got all the work because you know he was actually the only running back active uh, outside of Damien Harris, mm-hmm. believe it or not. So it's like, okay, I get it. You know, Bill Belichick going, you know, is going with the only guy he got. But coming into this game, he knew that Damien Harris was going to be out. He had two other running backs active. But Stevenson's still got 86, 86%, as a snap, 86% of snaps, excuse me. Yeah. um, But I guess Belichick seems to love this guy.
2: Yeah, that seems to be the case. You know, there was a bunch of hype um over the offseason surrounding Ramondre Stevenson. Like, we were wondering if he'd be able to get a workload even with Damian Harris out. But now he's just capitalizing with Damian Harris out. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, he put up, what is it, 25 points, like, to my chagrin, because of course I was playing against him this week with you having him in your lineup, but, um, he looked awesome. You know, this isn't a situation where, you know, other guys are rotating in uh, and taking like touches that would be valuable. Remondre Stevenson got all of them. You know, Pierre Strong was afterthought Kevin Harris was an afterthought. Um, the offense ran pretty much through, uh, Remondre Stevenson and suddenly, um, you know, Bailey Zappi, He's looking like he's doing pretty good. We knew that he'd be targeting um, Ramondre Stevenson a lot. He did catch four balls, but um, the Patriots' offense as a whole looks good—a uh, lot better than I thought maybe it would be. Which you know will only raise Ramondre Stevenson's stock.
0: I will, you know, listen, man. I was talking a lot of shit about Bailey Zappi. I owe this man an apology, <laughs> okay? Because the dude looks better than much, much better than I thought. I saw him at the Senior Bowl, and it's funny, right? Like the, a lot of these guys that like Romeo Dubs, right? Bailey Zappi yeah um who else who else was there that didn't impress um alec pierce you know these guys weren't really like super um didn't stand out alec pierce stood out a little bit in 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 the first day and then i think they just decided to like uh you know take him out because he didn't need he he did enough apparently that scouts and stuff were saying that oh he looks really good so they kind of took him out to Mm -hmm. avoid any negative press um but you know Billy Zappi didn't look amazing or anything like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good. You know, that's kind of where I got my info from, just watching him firsthand. Same thing with Romeo Dubs. Um, but good for these guys, man. I'm, I'm happy that they're able to contribute. Uh, you know, it's funny. I saw a stat. I think Red Zone showed the stat, right, of these rookie Patriots quarterbacks going on the road in their first start and getting the W, right? Yeah. So it, Jacoby Brissett, Jimmy Garoppolo, and... Bailey Zappi. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Joe Hupperset. It was, it was Jimmy Garoppolo, Bailey Zappi, and um, Mac Jones. It was yeah. those three guys all getting the W on the road. But interesting stuff there. Now, on the Patriots' side, Taekwon Thornton, who was their second-round rookie uh, wide receiver who was banged up to start the year, uh, he was the Patriots' second-round pick. So we got to keep that in mind when we're talking about his overall production. Um, You know, part of the reason why they drafted him is because of the serious speed that he has. And he scored two touchdowns in this game, one on the ground, one through the air. He had a couple of carries in this game. So it seems like they look at him as like a versatile player. Uh, He's coming off the injury now, and it seems like he's going to be pretty involved in their offense, Uh, especially now that Kendrick Bourne, he suffered what seemed like a toe injury right now. So we'll see how serious that is. Nelson Aguilar has a hamstring injury, so there might be some extra opportunity for someone like Thornton. Um, I, like, I wouldn't be spending up on waivers or anything like that, but he has some appeal, you know, as someone who, you know, produced number one with opportunity and number two was a second round pick.
2: Yeah. So he has a draft capital and now he's in a spot where he can actually contribute. You know, it looks like he's not going to be getting like, you know, plain old wide receiver usage either it looks like they're interested in giving him the ball on the ground a little bit. Obviously it's a very small sample size, but you know, he can add an extra layer to the offense where it's not going to be just Bailey Zappi dropping back and throwing the ball. You know, they can get a little gadget play here and here and there. Um, I I like Taequann Thornton as a waiver wire. Like you said, I wouldn't, like you said, I wouldn't go again. I wouldn't go spending all of my fab or really even that much. I think I'd cap out at three, 4% of that. Um, but we'll, we'll probably yeah we'll probably talk about him maybe tomorrow on tomorrow's episode for the waivers but um yeah yeah he's not a priority add but he did have a nice performance chances are I don't think Tyquan Thornton was probably not in any lineups I mean I can't imagine one even in deep leagues you know he's pretty much off the off the radar so this one just kind of popped up out of nowhere and good for him yeah but um, yeah and
0: and and to be honest like it, it wouldn't have because he really didn't get much opportunity uh, until Kendrick Bourne got hurt. Kendrick yeah. Bourne was starting starting in three wide receiver sets, and that's when Thornton really got his opportunity. So just keep that in mind. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones should be picked up in leagues at this point if he's not already, especially in deeper leagues. Um, he has two 70 plus receiving yard games over his last three. He has four 50 plus yard receiving games out of out of five this year. So if you need wide receiver help during the bye weeks, I think he can help you hold it down. Um, you know, and that's considering you know, Jacoby Myers has David Njoku. He has Amari Cooper, but you know, the DPJ has got it done also for the most part. And it's yeah. possible that he has even more upside when Deshaun Watson is back. There is some room for upside there because he is their starting wide receiver opposite Amari Cooper. Um, and at times he's been getting a decent target share. So he's somebody that is interesting. He's always been interesting, interesting to me since his rookie year. Cause he's showed a lot of flashes. Um, so, you know, so if you're in a deeper league and if he's available, I think he's a possible pickup. Hunter Henry is a waiver wire pickup as well uh, for anyone who needs a tight end. Not just because he had a good fantasy day, four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown, uh, but he ran a route on 81 percent of dropbacks this week, and that was with John Smith active. Uh, but we've seen this before, okay? Where that route percentage, route participation, like drops out of nowhere. Like it goes up, it goes down with Hunter Henry. So he'd be one of the targets for me if I need a tight end, but like it's super volatile. The <laughs> yeah. situation is super volatile. I wouldn't expect it to stay, uh, to stay at, stay where it, where it is. But if he does end up 80% or above on a consistent basis, I think he could end up being the top 12 fantasy tight end pretty easily.
2: Yeah. That bar for being a top 12 fantasy tight end is very low right it now. It is top 10, top 10. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the Jaguars, they're still holding Travis Etienne back a little bit uh, from taking too much of the running back share. Um, James Robinson out carried Etienne 12 to 10. But Etienne is the one who ended up with the production. He he, he had 108 total yards and 12 touches. Um, that's two straight games now with limited touches for the most part, but 100 yards from scrimmage. The dude is yeah. explosive. right? He had a couple big plays in this game. He's still just a low-end RB2 for now. You know, but that should increase as his touches start to go up. I would expect those touches to eventually start to go up, hopefully, because every time he touches the ball, I feel like he's just ready to explode, right? Um, you know, they they did have a couple carries go here and there, which I'm just like, why? Just give those give those touches to Etn. You know, it's like you just get more bang for your buck at that point. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. So I was actually playing against you know you had Travis Etn in your lineup too. I was playing against him. I could just. I could tell that you were probably fuming the way they were using him because every time he touched the ball, you know, he was getting a ton of yards and it's like producing huge for it, but he only touched the ball. Was it 12 times? So it's like, yeah. that's not anywhere near enough. You look at the production compared to the touches. It's like, it wasn't like, oh, he's being boosted by one big play. He did have that one run, but there were plenty of other runs where it's like six, seven, eight yards on the ground. You're moving fast. I can't believe they didn't give him the ball anymore than they did. I, you know, I'd expect the, Backfield to shift more towards Travis Etienne and move moving forward. I thought that maybe would have happened uh, yesterday. Um, it didn't really happen, which is disappointing. But um, I like I, I like Travis Etienne moving forward. Definitely. You talk about you know a couple carries where they should have just given it trav given it to Travis Etienne. How about Trevor Lawrence freaking sneaking two touchdowns in for uh, two rushing touchdowns? If one of those goes to Travis Etienne, you know we're having a completely different con- conversation. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I was frustrated, you know, just as a fantasy <laughs> player, seeing Trevor Lawrence sneaking those touchdowns in.
0: I know, man. I you know, you know, the Jaguars are losing too, man. They're two and four now. Yeah, they got to start giving the ball to Travis Etienne more. Like he is the playmaker that it can change their offense. Um, and you know that decision has to be made at some point. I know they want to split up the carries and all that, but listen, like you don't need to give. What's his name? Uh, who who had that long long touchdown? Jamichael Hasty. Jamichael Hasty had like one touch in that game (laughs) that one touch goes for a long ass touchdown anyone could have ran through that hole like if Etienne ran through that hole he would have been there five minutes before uh before hasty got to the end zone so i I, I don't know man it's gonna happen soon you know i'm not not being super impatient about it we know it's gonna happen because you know the talent is evident and he's having big games 200 yard games from scrimmage over the past two weeks yeah michael Pittman. Another guy reminded everybody, you know, why he's that dude. Thirteen catches for 134 yards on sixteen targets. He came through big time. What did you think of Michael Pittman's performance?
2: I, I think it was reassuring for fantasy owners who have watched him kind of not perform very well the past few weeks. Um, I think he hasn't had very much production at all. He hasn't had a touchdown since week one. And yeah. you know, he's been kind of making his living in PPR. And he's been all right for you if you're playing PPR. Not very good for you if you're not playing PPR, but this was a much better performance. Um, this was actually, I think, his second best performance of the season behind week yeah. one. Um, you know, you like to see it. It looks like the Colts offense isn't as bad as we might have thought it was going to be. You know, the first few weeks in the season, uh, Matt Ryan looked a little bit more like Matt Ryan yesterday. It was a vintage performance. He turned back the clock a little bit there. I don't know if that's going to be sustain- sustainable and continue to happen every week, but he's going into a pretty good stretch right now of games. The next two games are against Tennessee and Washington. Um I, it's all positive outlook for Michael Pittman right now. And you're really happy if you had him in your lineup. You should have um this week against Jacksonville.
0: Yeah. Uh, he moved to like wide, wide receiver, yeah, receiver yeah. seven in fantasy points per game just off of that performance. Um, right. <laughs> which is super interesting. Uh, that tells you what these you know as far as like these wire a lot of wide receivers uh, under underperforming this year. Mm-hmm. Deion Jackson in relief of Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, he had 12 carries on the ground for 42 yards and a touchdown. But the real story was that he caught all 10 of his targets for 79 yards. That was um, huge. Yep. He was the RB1 on the week so far. And I would assume that.
2: It should stay that way. Nothing's going to happen tonight. That, unless Austin Eckler, you know, goes crazy, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's had two really good weeks in a row. I don't know if, three, I don't know if three's going to happen. It can happen.
0: It can happen. Eckler could take the crown. He can. Um, but yeah, no, he did suffer a quad injury, Deion Jackson, at the end of the game. So Jonathan Taylor. Might be starting over him if he misses time. Uh, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, it's be. probably it's probably <laughs> over for Deion Jackson, the Dion Jackson experiment at this point. Um, but I really appreciate his commitment, you know, to getting it done for fantasy football managers everywhere. Um yeah. and It's also possible that Jackson's quad injury isn't serious, and it's possible that JT is out again next week mm-hmm. if it's a if it's really a high ankle sprain. So I wouldn't drop Jackson until you know a you know, he has an injury that's going to keep him out a couple weeks, right? Or B, yeah. we know that JT has a full practice this week. Like, once JT has a full practice, I'm like, all right, cool. I can probably drop Jackson. Um, and, you know, a lot of people didn't pick him up. He's still available at a bunch of waiver wires. So tomorrow, like, you know, when waivers, I'm going to be putting in some claims for Deion Jackson just in case, like, the injury isn't that bad. Maybe we'll find out about the injury today, maybe earlier tomorrow before waivers run. Um, but you just kind of kind of monitor that situation a little bit.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't go crazy, you know, with Deion Jackson, like you said. I think no, no. You know, this is the extent of his production. Um, You know, they have Naeem Hines. He should be coming back and getting healthier soon enough. Um, Even though Deion Jackson really did well, he is buried on the depth chart Um, once the other two guys come back, Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. There's no reason to think that he's going to be seeing significant time unless either of them get hurt again.
0: You don't think he plays over Jonathan Taylor?
2: No. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, maybe. it's an outside chance but yeah, I, I don't
0: okay. think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we got Paris Campbell coming out of nowhere with 11 targets. He caught seven 57 and a touchdown. I I brought that up because I'm a Paris Campbell Stan. Uh, Alec Pierce. He wasn't having a great game until he caught the game winning 32 yard touchdown. He came through for you at the end. You know, if you had to start him in a pinch off of waivers, cause you know, he was one of the, one of the bigger waiver wire ads last week at wide receiver. So if you did, you know, put him in your lineup, you know, because you had to, it worked out. Yeah. Dalvin cook ended this game uh, with this Vikings game with only 14 touches, uh, but he got it done with the big 53 yard touchdown. He was pretty quiet otherwise, but one positive though, is that he was on the field for 87% of snaps, which is a big jump from where he was the last two weeks. So hopefully that continues. If you have cook, if you have him, that's a great sign um, that he's back to a workhorse bell cow type of snap share they didn't run a ton of plays in this game. Uh that could have contributed to it. Maybe if they were going to be running a lot of plays then Dalvin Cook could have had a could have seen like a bigger share um you know with Alexander Madison but it didn't happen. So this is this is encouraging moving forward.
2: Yeah, definitely compared to what we've been seeing, you know, with the snap shares like you said, it looked a little bit like it looked dangerously close to a committee. You know, last week definitely. And now this week it's looking a little bit better. Um Dalvin Cook you Know, I think that he just has to get the touches, and he'll be fine. It seems they haven't given him the touches they used to get, and he's been a little bit um less efficient than he was in the past few seasons. But, um, I, I think Dalvin Cook is still a pretty solid RB1 moving forward. There's no reason to think that
0: we just haven't be. seen that ceiling from him. We also haven't seen him really involved in the passing game that much. Yeah, you know, in the first couple of weeks, you know, he had some receptions and some targets, but since then. You know, he hasn't really been too involved. Um, and I'm looking for that to kind of increase for him to really maximize, you know, where we were drafting him at, which was like, you know, first round running back, we want you be, to be you know involved in the passing game a little bit more and not just yeah. be like an early down plotter,
2: <laughs> you know. Yeah. What I'm saying? And he, you talked about drafting him, you know, pretty high, and we talked about yeah. it over the offseason for a long time. You know, it's like he has a chance to get injured and that kind of thing, but we know what the upside is, and he hasn't gotten to that point yet. And they did say over the offseason, I think, I forget, I saw a report somewhere that the Vikings were going to use him more in the passing game. Or they planned or they wanted to oh, use yeah. Dalvin Cook more in the passing game. A and ton. that just, it hasn't come to fruition. Only five targets the last three weeks total. So, uh, you know, I think if that goes up, you're right. Um, Dalvin Cook could definitely see more production. But until then, you know, he's 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 still a solid RB1. I just don't like him as like the overall RB1 on yeah. a weekly basis. I don't think that upside's there.
0: Right. You know who does have the upside for overall wide receiver one, though? Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, with Teddy Bridgewater in this game. 12 for 177 for Tyreek. 6 for 129 for Waddle. These two guys are really, really good. And Mike McDaniel is looking like a mastermind right now. You know, it's also worth noting that Mike Gusecki ran around on 76% of dropbacks and you know that might be exciting because he did have those two touchdowns, and yeah. he, he did his version of, of the, the gritty. Oh yeah, uh, all the way to, down to the sideline. Um, just kind of just just funny. Um, <laughs> and, and you know you can you can pick up Gasecki um, with that rap participation going up, but just keep in mind that Derm Smith, who you know is a guy who has been like limiting Gasecki all year because he's sharing that role with him. Smith, you know, he can be back this week because he was limited in practice all week this past week. So yeah. if he's back, that could bring Gasecki down a little bit, and then he might be unstartable again. Just keep that in mind. Uh, but it also looks like Tua was going to be back next week. Um, he passed a concussion protocol; he's out of the protocol at this point, so he should be back. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like these two wide receivers just getting it done.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. And these, this has to be the most talented, the most electric wide receiver duo in the NFL right now. I think. I don't think there's anyone doing I think, I think
0: I think electric, like the most electric duo, like that that hands down is these two.
2: Yeah. Like Tyreek Hill is producing as long as he had a quiet game, Skylar Thompson, but he seems like matchup proof and quarterback proof. You know, he might be the same. He went from Patrick
0: Mahomes to like Teddy Bridgewater, and like he's playing
2: better. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Getting 15 targets, turning at 177 yards. If, if he had a touchdown, it would have been an even bigger day. Tyreek Hill, like I said, he might have one of the best floors in fantasy right now. Even though, you know, he, he had the one game. I forget what game it was. It was a couple of weeks ago. It was against, well, who else? Buffalo. It was a quiet game against Buffalo's defense. You can't really fault him for that. Outside of that, he's been awesome for you. Tyreek Hill. His ceiling is so high with a really nice floor, regardless of who's quarterback. I, you know, Tyreek Hill is my main takeaway. Jalen Waddle, he did really good, too. Um, but it's clear that if they're favoring somebody in the passing game, if they're going to favor one over the other, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. They're both very similar in value, but Tyreek Hill has a little bit more of an edge. I, I love both of them moving forward, though. It's just awesome. Waddle was a
0: great buy coming into this week, but that buy window has closed. Right.
1: Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
0: Joe Burrow, uh, he walks into the Superdome with a game-worn Jamar Chase LSU jersey. You know, And for those who don't know, I'm, some people might not, Burrow and Chase won the national championship at LSU. They're back in Louisiana for this game. So it's kind of like a homecoming. In okay? the
2: very stadium, I think they played in, right?
0: Yeah. Burrow so. then proceeds to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, runs in a touchdown, and gets Jamar Chase to seven catches for 132 yards and two touchdowns. That's some boss shit right there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. The story, like, how do we not see this coming? Um, I, I just can't believe it. We had what Jamar Chase ranked as wide receiver 11. It's funny. We just talked about that last <laughs> week. He said, it's his first time being outside the top 10 for us. And then he walks in and go home to LSU and they just go crazy. Who,
0: the, who Who were two guys that we had ahead of him? Who didn't come through?
2: Oh, Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf. Yep, it's just crazy. It's crazy I see how this works. I, yeah, we should have seen the storyline coming, you know. But good to see the Bengals offense look back on track. It looked like the Bengals offense of old. Um, Jamar Chase, you know, breaking tackles and running for long gains. Joe Burrow, you know, he actually got into the ground game and ran the touchdown. And four total, four total touchdowns. Um, are the Bengals back? Is the Bengals offense back? It was the Saints. Granted, it was the Saints. They're a decent matchup. Is the Bengals offense back? I think so.
0: I mean, after this performance, like Joe Burrow came into this game as confident as any quarterback could. I mean, he was wearing the damn jersey coming into the game. Like he's like, "Hey man, this is who I'm throwing it to. I'm letting you know who I'm throwing it to. I'm letting I'm letting you know who's gonna have a big game today, and we're gonna get it done." And he got it done.
2: Yeah, Uh, he telegraphed it.
0: Cool, Joe. (laughs) Cool joe, cool
2: joe cool joe yeah. cool joe
0: cool that's what it is right could not cool joe <laughs> yeah
2: joe sheisty yeah you know? <laughs> we'll joe, sheisty. Oh, joe also you know big game for joe burrow and jamar chase but joe mixon also had a good game too i mean it was solid for what it was solid it was solid. the way you know, the know, game we, was we, going we were talking solid.
0: about buying joe mixon last week you know after you got that touchdown or a touchdown i think i think you're happy that you bought him if you did yeah jk dobbins had some tightness in his knee, uh, didn't play the second half, could be related to a soft tissue injury, maybe a hamstring. Hopefully it's nothing related to the the, the ACL. It, it might be though, right? Um, yeah. But Kenyon Drake ended up going off in this game. He was the <laughs> only other running back to get a touch in this game outside of Dobbins. So if Dobbins can't go next week, I think Drake would be in consideration. Just keep in mind that this backfield keeps shuffling. Uh, Justice mm-hmm. Hill didn't play yesterday uh because of a hamstring injury that he had himself he had two limited practices last week so he might end up playing this upcoming week if that's the case like i'm kind of like hands off on this backfield if justice hills out maybe i'll consider drake as like a uh upside flex play maybe against a vulnerable browns rushing defense gus edwards you know he's going to be back some at some point in the next couple weeks he's a solid perspective add if he's still available on waivers um you know obviously you want to monitor, you want to temper expectations on him like in in his first couple games back um because he's taken a little while to recover from that ACL injury himself uh, yeah. but Gus Edwards man like you know we we did and i'm not saying that you know we saw an injury coming or anything like that it's just like we we saw like a ceiling and an opportunity to sell after his two touchdown game a few weeks ago uh, and i'm hoping that you guys did because like now if this injury, if he's out for a couple of weeks, it's like you know he becomes a little bit of a roster clogger, um, you know, yeah. uh, on uh, you know in fan, on, on your fantasy bench. So, I'm um, hoping Jacob Dobbins is fine, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll get more on that, and hopefully it's not like a, a, any sort of injury that will keep him sidelined for a couple of weeks.
2: Right, and I was avoiding you know the Ravens' backfield really even before any of the injuries went down or anything like that. Um, I wasn't too sure JK Dobbins were going to be able to produce, even though it is a run first offense. They have Lamar Jackson there and they have a couple other guys, um, that they give the ball to, you know, now moving forward, I'm even more inclined to just take my hands off. I might not even think like I might treat it as if the Baltimore backfield doesn't exist. The back, <laughs> Baltimore backfield is Lamar Jackson. That's it for right now. I um, you. you can like, I want to say, oh, you don't, you might want to say, Oh, Kenyon Drake, you know, he, he might be a good pickup. Um, he did nothing in other games. Like this is the only game where he really looked good. Um, It's hard to say that, you know, he's going to be their guy moving forward. Like you said, it's always shuffling and it's always another guy, one guy in another guy out. Um, Mike Davis, you know, he's, he's there too. He just didn't get a touch. There's just so many question marks in this backfield that you can't really trust it unless you're in really, really bad shape at running back. There's no reason to be starting any of these guys. Um, Personally, for me, I'm not starting anybody. If JK Dobbins is out, if JK Dobbins plays, then, you know, I will start him, but I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, I think he's going to be out. So I'm not starting any Ravens running backs.
0: <laughs> Zach is anti-Ravens running backs. We, 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 we can see that.
2: I, um, I love the Ravens team. Just the running backs, right. no. No, not for <laughs> fantasy.
0: Now, Wando Robinson, we talked about him a ton, right, just this, this year in general. Yeah. But he ended up catching a touchdown this game. Uh, In his first game of his career, he only ran 11 routes in his first game and he was targeted on four of those routes uh at a 36 percent rate so that's what you want to see um yeah you know hope you picked him up already but he's definitely worth a pickup this week going forward
2: yeah and if you were listening to the podcast the whole offseason you would have maybe had him stashed
0: or if you just listened to it <laughs> last week yeah, yeah, you listened yeah, yeah. To it last week or the week before, whatever. Anyway. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, uh, another tight end worth taking a look at on the Giants. If you don't know who he is, he's a tight end for the Giants. Rookie, fourth round pick, I think. Um, he ran around on 81% of dropbacks. He caught five for 38 in a touchdown. He's worth a look if you're struggling at the position because it is possible that he ends up being their main pass catching tight end and this route participation is exactly what you want. So if that continues, yep. something to keep an eye on because he seems like a potentially talented pass catching tight end. Right. The Steelers beating the Bucks is one game I did not see going the way it did. Okay. Tom no. Brady, you know, not absolutely destroying the Steelers banged up secondary is not something that I saw coming. Uh Chris yeah. Gowen came through, you know, six for ninety-five, but Mike Evans only four for 42. You know, I would assume there was some double teaming going on there. Uh, but I have to take a look at the tape, you know, when it comes to that. Uh, but this was surprising. Somebody could somebody could like clip up what I just said like over the past like 15 seconds and it could be totally out of context. Um <laughs> but but this was surprising to me just overall. Like Brady looked like he was kind of struggling the entire game. Um yeah. lost a fumble and like he just wasn't comfortable. Um so it was interesting to see. Um now Leonard Fournette on the other hand, he's back in a workhorse role, right? 82% mm-hmm. of snaps, ran about on 71% of dropbacks. It seems like he has taken the job back completely. 27 opportunities too in week 6. Um Rashad White, you know, he is basically a handcuff at this point. He got a couple targets in this game. But at this point, this is a show.
2: Yeah. And I said about this last week. I think we talked about this. You know, I said Rashad White, he is just a handcuff at this point. And that the usage was there for Leonard Fournette. That made me think that, you know, he's the clear RB1 there. And that's what we saw more of. Even in a game script where they were behind the whole game, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Steelers led wire to wire, which is, Really, really weird to think about. <laughs> you know, I thought this is going to be a completely different game. Obviously, if you have Leonard Fournette, you're okay with the outcome because he did end up producing for you. Leonard Fournette did get 21 carries. The thing about it was Pittsburgh, even if, even though they led um the whole game, I think it was the they were never far ahead to the point where they could where they abandoned the run game. Leonard Fournette got 21 carries, still only 63 yards to show for it, but he did come through with their catch with the passes going his way, six catches and a touchdown. The air. Uh, I like Leonard Fournette moving forward. Solid RB one, guaranteed with RB one overall upside. I think each week. Yeah. Um, definitely 100. And R- 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 Rashad White, you know, like I said, just, he's just a handcuff at this point. I you wouldn't. got to hold really him though. Him. Don't
0: drop him. Yeah. No. Do no, no, not no. No. Drop. Do not drop Rashad White. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I get it. It was discouraging. Like whatever. But like <laughs> his upside was always if Fournette were to get hurt, right? Like yeah, he was a RB three, you know, at best playable. But uh, the, like uh, he wasn't like what his role was yesterday, he he's not. That's not a playable type of role. So mm-hmm. weeks so, four and five they were coming into week six. What we saw in week six, it wasn't. So don't don't drop them. You got to hold guys like this because these are the type of guys that you would spend hundred percent of your fab on if they become available.
2: Yeah, with Rashad White too. You know, if you're looking for a silver lining, if you maybe started Rashad White, hoping for him to have that receiving upside, um, long-term silver lining here. It was four, I think it was fourth and one. Instead of handing the ball to Fournette or passing the ball to Fournette, they threw the ball to Rashad White and he converted. That kind of shows me that they do trust him, you know, in certain situations. Then that's gonna tell me that if Leonard Fournette would go down, or Leonard Fournette isn't getting it done on the ground, that they can turn to him, that they feel like they can trust him and that he can get some touches. I think that was my silver lining. If just that one play I saw, yeah. But that's good news. You know, they do trust him in key situations.
0: hundred percent. Uh, Najee Harris, he ended up getting 17 opportunities to Jalen Warren's two opportunities. Um, Najee was on the field for 69% of snaps. Warren ate into his routes a bit, but nothing too significant. Um, you know, Najee did catch a wide open touchdown, uh, but it's notable yeah. that he's holding off Warren for now. Uh, even though he doesn't look great still, uh, I yeah. think he's back in like the low end RB2 conversation once Kenny Pickett is back. Uh, and when I say that, I mean you know, he did suffer a concussion in this game. Mitch Trubisky ended up finishing the game and then ended up winning. But, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, he might end up missing a week here. Um, I would hold off on really depending on my Steelers wide receivers uh, until he's back. Um, yeah. But we'll see what happens with Najee Harris. Like, it wasn't like overly encouraging, but no. the fact that he got some of his work back, is, you know, we should take that. You know, it's kind of like a Zeke type of role. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like, you know, he's not looking amazing, basically. But at least yeah. he's getting some work.
2: Although, I don't want to discount Zeke because he did have 80 yards on the ground last night and a touchdown. I so take He that didn't back. look that bad. He I didn't take that look back. that bad. But You're right. with Najee Harris, you know, you talk about him. Take away the touchdown. And we're looking at another Najee Harris performance. So it's like I wasn't yeah. terribly encouraged, you know, yesterday by, by what we saw. Um, regardless of who's that quarterback, I don't think his script is going to change. His role is pretty much cut out for him in this offense and it's not one that's going to have any type of rb1 upside i kind of have him his ceiling i think is mid rb2 and that's if things are going absolutely right for him i think low yeah. rb2 is where he's going to kind of settle at this point
0: i think he's going to settle as a flex at some point i just right now i feel like he's at a low end rb2 i feel like it's kind of high for for how he's looking it, it right could now. be
2: it could be yeah, yeah.
0: Dell henderson ended up with 71 percent of snaps 15 opportunities without k Akers. Uh, this Rams backfield is just like an overall like underwhelming oh, backfield, right? Yeah. He did end up scoring. Oh, that's great. Um but and, oh, by the way and we didn't really talk about the Aker situation on the podcast cuz it kind of happened over the weekend. Uh it happened it
2: looks, I think it was like half an hour after we got off the podcast on Friday.
0: On Friday, that's right. That's yeah. right. Um so, you know, it looks like the reports are that he has played his last down with the Rams according to these reports and they are trying to trade him like if you ask me i don't know what team is would pay anything for cam makers you yeah. never know like i could be wrong but i can't imagine him being worth giving up a pick for uh even a late one to be honest with you like considering the considering the um you know the injury right considering the fact that he's been ineffective this yeah. year i don't know i, I, I don't see it I, I don't know what this whole thing was about you know maybe sha'mave wanted to bench him i don't know yeah. um but that that's my guess
2: It's so weird because over the offseason, they were hyping him up, you know, that he's going to be, you know, maybe one of the bigger guys um, in terms of, you know, workload moving into this season. And it just never came to be, you know, the first week was, you know, obviously a red flag. He got a few more touches in other games, but he just hasn't looked like I don't think he's gotten more than five yards on a carry. Like he just has not been good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he hits uh, waivers. if They just outright release him.
0: I wouldn't be surprised either.
2: Allen
0: oh, yeah. Robinson, <laughs> he sh- he actually showed up in this game, man. Five catches for 63 yards and a touchdown after we dropped his ass. Um, <laughs> now the Rams are going into the bye. Uh, then they have San Francisco, they have Tampa Bay, they have Arizona, and then they have New Orleans. So, you know, still just a 19% target share this week, you know, with the production and three wide receivers not named Cooper Cup hit that mark this week. So if you dropped – Robinson, i think it's okay (laughs) that you dropped down robinson Mm -hmm. Uh, you know i don't think this is going to turn to any consistency or anything like that he ended up having a good game it seemed like all of his all of his targets except one was in man coverage uh there was one where stafford kind of was uh on the run a little bit and he found uh, Alan robinson in the zone in an empty spot in the zone which is great and we talked about his splits between man and zone and you know he's solid against man coverage and we saw that amazing catch that he made on the sideline right yeah. Where super great body control and catching the ball with both feet in balance. that's what alan robinson does really well uh but most of the time these teams are playing zone and it's not going to be you know we're, we're, we're going to see more of what we saw i think from weeks one through five i think you know it, it was, a, it was a, a real shift in the nfl towards zone this year so not something that i i anticipated and because of that al robinson is not going to be able to do his thing you know uh, he's not going to reach what we thought he would reach going into this year.
2: No, you're right. I, I hear you. I, this is a lightning strike performance for me, for, you know, in my opinion for Alan Robinson, it's clear that he's not, you know, some guy that they're looking to skeet, not only, you know, throw to Matthew Stafford isn't looking to throw to, but they're also not looking to scheme him open. It's going to be the Cooper cup show still moving forward. Um, it is worth noting, you know, Tyler Higby only had two targets, which is weird by what we've seen. You know, well, from, I can explain that weeks.
0: one. I think what ended up happening was he, you know, he was coming into the game a little bit banged up with that ankle injury. Um yeah. He was questionable going into the game, and he didn't run his full of routes. Um, That's true. Yeah, Higby only ran a route on sixty-two percent of dropbacks, where he's usually running a route on ninety percent plus. So yeah. you know, he wasn't there. He wasn't one hundred percent. So hopefully, he could bounce back uh, next week.
2: Hopefully, but um, you know, Allen Robinson. Like I said, I don't think this is going to be something that he's going to be able to stick to. Um, he's going into the buy at least on a high note, so maybe that offers you a low hope. Maybe that would be a reason to keep him, you know, on your bench. If you, I don't know how many people, it's, have kind, of to keep bl- Alan it's kind of on a it's kind of a blessing bench. and a curse, right? Yeah, it's like
0: so, it's like you were looking forward to dropping him before his buy, and then all and then he had to have this performance. And you're like, oh, do I have to? Do I have to hold this guy yeah. during the buy? <laughs> yeah,
2: it says it says soon as the fantasy community just as a whole general gives up on him. He has this performance to be like, wait just one second. And he might have bought himself two more weeks on people's benches with that performance.
0: Oh, man. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's you know, I'll, I'm okay. Honestly, even after this performance, I'm okay dropping him. Yeah. You know, if, if you had him on the bench or maybe you started him, I don't know. You're desperate. You put him in, whatever. Yeah. Like, if you think, if you're thinking about dropping him and you do because of somebody you need to pick up this week, I get it. Like, it's fine. I think yep. he'll be fine um bills and chiefs uh that was a pretty good game yeah you know it wasn't like crazy offensive like firepower but it was like solid yeah it was a good Um, game that's what it was was a good game uh stefan Diggs killed it you know of course he would gabe Mm -hmm. davis he came through as we had hoped he would in this matchup uh might be a good time to take advantage of two good weeks and maybe sell if you can i don't know but i think zach i think where you are on on gabe davis is like just leave him in your lineup you know, yeah. Leave him leave him on your lineup. Just, you know, embrace the volatility.
2: Right. That's and what just it has like, to be. Right? He has weak winning upside every single week. And you know, this type of performance where he has sixteen points, three catches, seventy four yards, touchdown, like that's a middle ground that we don't usually have with him. So I'm actually like ecstatic over that too, you know, because it seemed like he didn't have a middle ground in the first few weeks. Now we see a little bit of middle ground. If he could get that, uh, raise his floor just a little bit and still have that upside, just because Stefan Diggs had a big game, you know, and Gabe Davis was relatively quiet. Gabe Davis still caught a touchdown. And I saw a post somewhere, I think it was CBS Sports, you know, summed up Gabe Davis like perfectly. They called him the CEO of Chunk Yardage because it's like 90% or some... Some percentage of his touches over 90%, somewhere in that range. Go for either a first down or a touchdown. And it didn't change um, yesterday. He caught two first down passes and a touchdown pass. So his ceiling is so high. I, I don't think you can leave him out of your lineup. And honestly, you know, if I have him, I wouldn't really consider trading him unless, unless I'm getting King's ransom for him. Because that is week winning upside every week. Just, you know, just keep him in your lineup. Trust it. It'll happen.
0: Did you see what I just pinned to the screen?
2: Yeah, I did. I got that sleeper update too.
0: Robbie yeah. Anderson just got traded to the Cardinals.
2: I, I, Crazy. Definitely see this coming after what we saw on the sidelines yesterday.
0: Hollywood Brown gets hurt. Robbie Anderson is, is arguing with these coaches on the sideline. He gets sent to the locker room by his head coach, Steve Wilkes. And now he's traded to the Arizona Cardinals. It's looking like Hollywood Brown's injury is probably some significant, I would assume.
2: Yeah. That's what it has to be. You know, if they feel the need to go out and get somebody, obviously, I mean, if they feel the need to go out and get somebody this quick, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily turn to Robbie Anderson as my, you know, oh, let's go get him. Like, he's talented, you know. Um, Maybe they're just looking for someone to fill that role of a deep threat right now, but I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't pay too much attention to Robbie Anderson as things stand right now with DeAndre Hopkins coming back.
0: Hey, listen. If Hollywood Brown's injury is somewhat significant, if he's going to be out for several weeks, I'm picking up Robbie Anderson. This is not a, a tough offense to learn; it's pretty easy. Clearly, I, I, I can learn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Robbie Anderson, you know, can be on the outside opposite DeAndre Hopkins and run the run that deep ball. He's one; of, he's still one of the best deep threats in the league. Just that his quarterbacks couldn't find him, so I could see yeah. him complimenting DeAndre Hopkins pretty well on the outside. Um, AJ Green doesn't really have it much anymore. I I can see this working out. I can. It could. You know? Um, I'm a little
2: pessimistic about it, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I think Robbie Anderson's a good player. Um, it's just that he doesn't have the quarterback to get him the ball. And, you know, I think in this in this situation with Kyler Murray, you know, we saw what Kyler Murray was able to do with like a guy like Christian Kirk, you know, going deep. Right? He was able to make that work. And I think he can make it work with Robbie Anderson too. I think Robbie Anderson is a better deep threat. So that's an interesting one there. I can see that. I can see Robbie Anderson. Having a fantasy impact on the Cardinals, despite me not liking the Cardinals' offense that much, there is yeah. some upside there. Okay, awesome, cool. That's cool that that happened during the show. Yeah. Um. Let's go back to the Chiefs and Bills real quick. And and by the way, appreciate you Z Ortiz. I was able to easily just pin that up there. Appreciate the heads up there. Um. Devin Singletary, he ended up playing on eighty six percent of snaps, uh, as we expected that to happen in a close game. He saw twenty opportunities, uh, came through as a solid RB two. Isaiah McKenzie did not have a full-time role in this game. Only 59% route participation. Uh, Khalil Shakir did run nine routes himself, and McKenzie had a couple of missed opportunities in that game. He had a touchdown waiting for him. He ended up tripping, and, and you know it looked like it was a bad ball, but it was McKenzie's fault. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a couple of drops as well, so not great. The door might be opening up a little bit for Shakir, or at least it's just like staying open. For Shakir yeah. to continue to get some opportunities because he ended up getting some in this game, so we'll see how that how the, how that turns out. But Mike McKenzie, he doesn't have that full time role, so his you know rest of season outlook doesn't seem as high to me anymore as it did when D- James Crowder first hurt hurt that ankle.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. You know, Isaiah McKenzie, we kind of had him. He was doing well. Like, don't get us wrong, he was doing well. But I'm not sure, like you said, about that role anymore. Especially you know, Gabe Davis is stepping up a little bit. Being a little bit more consistent, I think is also hurting Isaiah McKenzie.
0: Now, on the Chiefs' side, uh, I hope you sold Clyde with flair a couple weeks ago yeah. when you could. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about Enough that. Juju, uh, Juju, you know, we he was on our buy low list for a couple weeks. We kind of gave up last week because it was just like, ugh. But yeah. he did look healthy last week, to be honest with you. Now, he finally came through. He caught all five of his targets for 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I can understand wanting to sell after this performance. Uh, but I think he can be a wide receiver three, you know, with the type of upside that he showed in this game uh, mm. for you all year. You know what I mean? Like, he did look a lot healthier in this game last week. And also, like, there was a little rapport showing now between him and Mahomes, if you notice in this game. Like, back shoulder throw on yeah. the, on the, on the sideline finding the open spot in the zone with Patrick Mahomes kind of scrambling a little bit. I liked what I saw from Juju in this game outside of the big catch and run for the touchdown.
2: Yeah. I I like it too. You know, it's funny because I I put this headline here together that there was a Juju Smith Schuster sighting. That's what it (laughs) felt like because he's been so quiet the rest of the season, you know? So it was good to see it. Um, One of the better pieces of fantasy news, I think for, you know, this season, Juju Smith-Schuster, I wasn't sure if he would ever come through. It was starting to look like it wouldn't be the case. But it seems like, I mean, it was a marquee matchup, you know, a big game. Um, Mahomes is throwing to him. That's another thing, you know. He's throwing to him in a big game in big spots, and he actually got it done. So hopefully maybe this is like a catalyst and it'll up his production a little bit moving forward. They have a tough game against San Fran but next week, but Atlanta just torched them. Which I wasn't expecting at all. So yeah. maybe Juju Smith Schuster has a little bit up more upside than we think, uh, heading into a matchup next week. I, I like him, yeah. like he says, wide receiver three with upside.
0: This is not an Allen Robinson situation. Like Robinson no. just wasn't getting the targets. Coming into this game, uh Juju had saw eight targets. Uh in, in four out of five ex- exactly eight targets, exactly exactly eight targets in four or five games coming into the game. So like he's gonna get his targets and you know, coming from Patrick Mahomes, that's you know, that's a plus. Yeah. All right, that's pretty much all I got. That thank you, Zach. Thanks, thanks to everybody uh, who is listening to this podcast. Appreciate you guys. Uh, If you can rate and review the podcast, that would mean the world to us. Uh, Make sure to use code Upperhand when you when you sign up with Underdog Fantasy, so you can play uh, with these. You know, you can you can put these pickums in your entries and try to win some money.
1: That's what we all trying to do out
0: here. All right. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time, live on YouTube uh, for the Wave of Wire show for week seven. See you later. Bye-bye.